Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finnish Penninger and after some technical difficulties, uh, myself and Sam Hill are here to discuss the tour of the tropics and the upcoming tour de Tweed. Uh, Sam, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad we finally worked our way through that technical difficulty, but it looks like we're in the clear now. Tell us how um, the tour of the tropics went for you. I mean, it looked like a, a pretty horrendous set of racing conditions up there, but you, you made the most of it up there with um, yourself and Nero Bianchi. Um, you made a, a great fist of it and took out your first um, tour to a win, albeit not with you, as you may have hoped, but um, it was a, a win for the team. Yeah, uh, it was so such a relief to have Jay hold on in that final criterion. Sorry, I was skipping ahead there. Um, but yeah, it started off started off really well. Um, but yeah, to actually hold it all the way through the end within, inside the team was incredible. And well, for you personally as well, I mean, it's your first NRS stage win and you've been knocking at the door there for ages. Um, what were the emotions like um, at the end of that, that first stage? Yeah, I've been um, I've been racing the NRS since 2012. I went away to the Northwest Santos Northwest tour with my cycling club, which is Hunter District, the Hunter District Cycling Club, and pretty much just getting my ass handed to me. And then fast forward seven years and managed to win one. So it was a long time coming, but yeah, words words I it's hard to explain, but. The footage of me coming across the line pretty much just shows this could not control my excitement at all. It was just bubbling out of me. So it was unreal, just complete, completely ecstatic to win that. Yeah, I think I think my favourite bit of that was you saying, oh, yeah, one, two, that, that's, the, that's the best. And you sounded like a little kid in the, I don't know, a candy shop or something, just go, just marvelling over what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it pretty much, it came across that way. I think maybe I'll try and keep it a bit more cool next time, but I'm not being too hard on myself. It was, um, yeah, <laughs> it was just unreal. Okay, so we'll go through the the racing a bit itself now. Um, it was a bit of a smaller field there for the two of the tropics. Um, only six teams, I think, lined up and a handful of individual riders as well. Um, how, how did that play an impact on the racing? Because um, you'd expect um, maybe that a bigger team like Bridge Lane would have a bit more impact on the race, but it turned out to be the opposite. They got caught out a bit there. Yeah, so the small peloton, well, it actually, it helped us because, you know, obviously with less riders, there's more chance to win. And also, if you caught at the back, it's easy to move up. So we knew with the start list only being, I think it was in the 50s or maybe high 40s uh, in the end. And um, yeah, there was going to be some really good opportunities for us. But yeah, Bridge Lane, uh, they, um, they're still very strong. I feel like they just, on a few moments, they were quite unlucky. But yeah, they still still were a dominant force in the peloton by, by any means. Yeah, there was um, there was a moment there in the video that um, that you've put up there on YouTube. Well, the team's put up there on YouTube, uh, where Jesse Coyle was saying after during that first stage that um, he was amazed that there kept on being riders dropped from the break, and they're like, "Oh, well, there's only a few guys left there," and you and uh, Jay were still in that move. What were what were the feelings within that um, early breakaway there on the first stage? <clears throat> so in the early break, there was initially ten or eleven of us. 
Um, and giant Jay and I were in there and when Jay and I are in there, we we're happy enough to work because, uh, we're two, two riders that were, um, that were leaders within the team. So the fact we were both there, we thought, you know, we can, we can work this break. We can, uh, get a, get an unassailable gap on the Peloton and then maybe start thinking about doing something else then. But it was pretty clear. We just needed to cooperate, but then, uh, Jay got a puncture. So that basically changed the whole dynamic of the break because being one rider from Nero in a peloton in a breakaway of about nine or ten riders, I pretty much had to sit on. And a few riders weren't happy with me. They were saying things, but I'm sure if they're in my position, they would be doing exactly the same thing. I was doing the right thing by the team by missing a few turns and basically sitting on the whole time. But uh, inevitably, that caused the break to stop cooperating. Then the attack started. And then we reduced the break to five riders. Um, and then it looked from the video that um, it got to the point where Jay just kind of let the wheel go and you were off the front there and pretty much doing a time trial all the way to the finish. Yeah, so that was a... I, I actually... I've only seen that on the footage. At the time, while it was happening, I didn't even realise I was off the front. Um, I was just basically pulling a turn, went to flick my elbow and like looked over my shoulder and saw I had a gap. And I thought, you know, you beauty, that's um, that's going to play out really well for us. Uh, but yeah, so I think it was basically, it was Jared's turn to roll through and Jared flicked Jay through and Jay flicked Jared through and they looked at each other. And while that was happening, that's when I got my gap. And yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> anyway, great win for you on that first stage there, winning by, uh, I think it was 52 seconds in the end, um, with Jay coming in for a second there, um, completing the Nero Bianchi 1-2. And uh, Jared Drisner's finishing third. Um, it was also a fairly significant day for GC, obviously, with you taking a big lead. Um, but there weren't many riders who were really in that GC conversation uh, after that stage. Not really. From there on, it was about five riders. Uh, obviously, we had Jared. We had Jay. Also, Jason Lee from Bridge Lane. He was uh, he crossed line in fifth or sixth, and then Riley Field as well. The rest of the riders, um, there was a bit of a significant back, uh, gap. Um, well, it wasn't quite to stay that way. Um, it, uh, I think, yeah, Nathan Elliott um, made that made that um, great move there at the end, catching up with uh, Carter Bettles from uh, Futura Maxis and taking that stage out in what looked like really, really tough conditions there. Uh, Angus Lyons actually managed to squeeze through from, for second from Oliver's Real Food Racing. It would prove to be a bit of a tough tour for Angus Lyons. I mean, he... Obviously on great form, but took a few second places um, there rather than firsts. Um, on to the Stage 3 time trial, and uh, how, what was your thinking going into that? Were you confident um, that you'd be able to, A, key hold of the jersey, and B, do a good result yourself? With that time trial, funny enough, I wouldn't say I was 100% motivated, although I really should have been. Um, I knew there was a good chance. I knew I, I would have the power... Or the I'd have the legs to hold on to the jersey, as in not lose. I think I still had 52 seconds at that point. So I was backing myself to hold the jersey, but I knew I was going to lose time, so I wasn't going to win the stage. So basically, yeah, I just I posted the fastest time possible. I was a little bit surprised I got fourth, actually. Um, two seconds off the podium. Um, so first, first in that um, stage uh, three time trial, which is about 10 kilometres there, uh, was J your teammate Jay Vine, who took the win by, I think it was 23 seconds over Jared Drisner's from Infort 
Inform TM Insight Make. Yep. And third was Alistair Christie Johnson of Team Bridge Lane. Yes. And then one second back, uh, there was me. Yeah, perfect. I mean, it was. I mean, that's a very good result for you. Is that your best in a time trial? Um, no, funny enough, I actually got fourth in um, the Mount Borbor time trial in Gippsland last year. So in the last two NRS time trials, I've placed fourth. Yeah, it's a bloody tough time trial as well, that Mount Borbor one. I mean, uh, I guess it's not a traditional time trial. No, yeah, it's um, mountaintop finish, which I, before that time trial, I didn't think mountaintops really suited me. But since then, I think I've, um, I've kind of viewed myself as a bit more of a climber these days, so... Uh, yeah, I don't mind the climbs too much anymore. Okay, good. Um, uh, well, coming into the uh, fourth stage, and that one, I know, that one seemed a bit more s- uh, controlled um, stage from an outside perspective, at least. Um, and it ended up with Luke Plapp and Angus Lyons making the most of the early breakaway and kind of escaping from a larger move and going into the line as a twosome. Uh, from the Twitter feed, apparently um, Luke Plapp was sitting on uh, Angus a bit and managed to roll him in the sprint. Um, I'm guessing Angus was somewhere on GC and maybe that was what the thinking was, but um, it seemed a bit hard on Angus lines. Uh, but it's good good to see the 18-year-old grab his first NRS win. For sure. he's He actually used to ride for Nero Luke Plapp back in the day before I joined the team. Um, yeah, he, he had pretty much had to sit on because... Uh, had the break being brought back, Jared Drizners would have won the stage as he got third in the bunch kick. So he did the right thing by sitting on and then took the stage. In fact, it probably would have even been better for Inform to have had that break come back completely. Then Jared would have taken 10 bonus seconds instead of, I think, three. So he definitely did the right thing. Although, yeah, it wasn't really super fair on Angus Lyons because he did so much work and then wasn't rewarded with the stage win. But that's racing. It, it happens. That's just how it is. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I heard any recriminations from Oliver's after the race at all either. So, you know, that's just the way it works out. Um, though that meant going into the fifth and final stage, the criterium around Younger Borough. Uh, is that how you pronounce it, Sam? Uh, sure. Younger Borough. That sounds a lot closer than what I've been saying. We'll go with that. <laughs> Good. Um, well, that, that that's a bloody hard um, criteria from the looks of things, and the pace was right on from the start. Um, can you can you lead us through what what was the what was happening out there? Yeah. So the criterium started at three forty five. At um at three twenty, I was still in the accommodation. We were only down the road, just mind you. So it only took thirty seconds to drive to the start line, but. I remember for no reason at all, the motivation wasn't particularly high. I knew wet crits have typically been my arch nemesis. Uh, I can corner decently well on the dry. I think if the crit was dry, it would have been a slightly different result. Who knows who would have been entirely different, but I certainly would have had a better race. Uh, but wet crit, there was an off-camber U-turn. There was another U-turn at a roundabout. And then off camber right hander as well, so really not the not my forte or specialty. But I went in, did a bit of a warm up, got a feel for the corners, and I thought may as well give this a red hot solid crack. But um, as as everyone saw, that was not to be the case. Yeah, it was um, quite a quite a important break for the GC, wasn't it? With um, uh, second, third, fourth all present in that uh, move that went off the front. Yep. Uh, just, just missing me. <laughs> so 
yeah, uh, coincidentally, yeah, those guys, well, not so coincidentally, they're obviously quite fit to be up there. But, um, yeah, all the GC riders made that split of four. Uh, yeah, I just missed out. But, you know, with Jay up there, we know how good Jay is on these corners. He's got that mountain bike pedigree. Um, he was basically taking the corners as if they were dry. He's super punchy. And so we, the whole team had complete confidence that he would be able to bring the pink jersey home for Nero. Um, it was yeah, quite the sight um, watching the leader's jersey cheer on um, a member of his own team from the side of the of the race. It's not a not a usual sight in cycling. Um, I'm guessing you could, you were just really hoping that he could um, bring bring the bacon home. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I was a little bit disappointed to get dropped from the back of the group, um, but quickly got over that because I still knew I had a had a really good race myself and now it's going to watch my teammate who'd been working for me earlier in the tour cross the line hopefully hopefully first but um even if it's not first him crossing the line at the finish means that he's won the tour so it just made complete sense to be standing on the side of the road cheering him on and watching him bring home the bacon for Nero team Nero Bianchi um it was Jean-Pierre uh, van der Meur, um I believe is how you pronounce it I've don't really know, but he's a, a young rider from over there in W. He's a young rider over there from WA, and he's got a bit of a kick to him. Apparently, he, um, he was tipped by Matt Pointer, who's um, who was commentating and uh, knows that WA scene quite well. And he picked him for the win, and he duly delivered, managing to come over the top of Jared Drisner's there, who took second. Oh, oh no, actually, it was Jay Vine who just pipped him on the line for second, wasn't it? There, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, Jay just got him on the line for second. Funny enough, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think they reduced the final amount of laps because there was only four riders in the race. So we were on the side of the road watching, and then suddenly Jared comes down the back straight like he's doing the attack of his life. Everyone's on his wheel, but he's committed to this attack, and we're like, wow, he's really trying to get away solo here. Little did we know it was actually the final lap and they're racing for the win. Um <laughs> He comes around the final U-turn, honestly like it was dry. I think he went through that corner, that wet corner, probably the same speed if not faster than I would go around it if it was dry. It was incredible to watch and I'm surprised he kept it up, but kudos to him. Uh, then he fully committed to the sprint from about three, 400 to go. So it was more, more of a breakaway attempt in my opinion rather than a sprint. But unfortunately for him, he still had the winner latched onto his wheel who just came around him at the end. Yeah, perfect analysis there. Um, but that left Jay Vine taking the overall win, uh, Jared in second there, and in third overall, it was Riley Field, a rider who you've had some history with, riding with uh, GPM Stoltz, I believe. That's right, yep. Um, can you tell us something about Riley? I mean, I'm always, I've, I've always been um, interested in him ever since he um, did that that ridiculous attack at national uh, nationals under twenty threes a few years ago. Yeah, um, that ride that day it was two thousand and sixteen. He um, he basically attacked from the gun, and there was a break break just behind him from memory. But he basically didn't wait for them and just committed to the attack. I think he did nine or about yeah nine out of thirteen laps off the front solo claimed the sprint and KOM classification. And then got caught with 10 or 11 laps to go, but still finished the race, claimed those jerseys. Yeah, Riley and I, we go we go way back. I think we both 
I joined the GPM in 2015. He joined in 2016. Uh, and then we rode for Nero briefly this year. Um, yeah, I'm not, won't get into the story too much of him leaving the team, but unfortunately he decided to do that, but we're still great mates. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, well, regardless, he, he did a, a, a personally very strong ride, riding as an individual in that tour, and yeah, he's shown that he's got plenty of strength and plenty of determination to keep on going, so that's that's good to see. Um, how is how is the mood within the team after after Jay took that um, first tour win for for the team in the NRS? It was ten out of ten. Um, we were we were all so happy. Uh, we we got pizzas that night. Uh, went to a local pizzeria down the road. Got every pizza on the menu. We got a case of Peroni. Uh, nothing too silly as we have a race on Friday. But um, yeah, all of us had a couple of beers, and um, we kicked back. We all we all sort of talked about the good parts and um, yeah, enjoyed our beers and pizzas. And yeah, it was a really good night that night. Okay, good, good to hear um, that you can celebrate the good times as well as um, as well as um, you know do what most do what most uh, riders um, have to do after a tour, which is go oh if I'd only attacked then or if if only this had gone differently in the race or it's um, I'm I'm used to I'm used to hearing that a lot, so it's good to hear the good side of it as well. Oh, if only I could take a wet corner. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we should mention that Jared Drizners um, moved into the overall National Road Series lead um, after his performance at um, the Tour of Tropics and now has a very slim lead over Jay Vine in that category. Um, it's really quite a close battle at the top there. There's a lot of riders who can still claim it. So is, is that something that's been talked about in the team at all? Well, funny enough, uh, we haven't talked about it a great deal. We've definitely noticed it. But um, we've still got we've still got a handful of strong riders in the team, uh, so we're not. It's going to be tricky. We haven't actually discussed our team meetings or anything for Tour of Tweed. We're just sort of enjoying the time as we have it now, which is a little bit of rest time. Uh, but yeah, certainly we're going to go in with a plan, um, and that could result in Jay winning the overall NRS series, which would be fantastic. So, um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we'll go into a bit more of a discussion of the Tour de Tweed now, which has changed its name so many times over the past few years. Um, it's gone from Battle on the Border, Battle Recharge. Um, I- I'd heard it was Tour of the Tweed, but now it's Tour de Tweed as we as we come into it. Um, I think I think we've got to keep we stick with Tour de Tweed, and that, certainly that's the hashtag that they're using. Yeah, uh, Tour de Tweed, Tour of Tweed. Uh, that race that's near the border between New South Wales and Queensland, we all, we all know the one. Yeah, um, it's 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 not differing too much from previous races. Um, it's keeping to a fairly well worn and what what's a fairly good formula as well. Um, it will start off with a road race stage, which has a few sharp kicks in it, but looks like a mostly flat one, which might uh, provoke a bit of attacking towards the end of the stage. Yeah, certainly stage one of a tour will always, the attacks will be flying. It just depends. Um, I haven't really pulled through a start list yet. If there's a few sprinters here, uh, I know Tristan Ward's here for one. I'm sure there's going to be a few other sprinters. And if their teams commit to a sprint, then it will be a sprint. Uh, because 
uh, with three teams controlling. Yeah, they can, you can pretty much guarantee if that decision is made, it'll be a bunch sprint. Otherwise, it could be another exciting breakaway finish like stage one of Tropics. Yeah, I'm just having a look at the start list now. And there is uh, Tristan Ward, as you said, uh, Jared Drizner's uh, Matthew Rice. He's he's very fast. So, yeah, it could be, could be that sprint that you're thinking about. Yeah, certainly. Matt Rice just won uh, Dairylands over in the USA. So, uh, yep. Pro Racing Sunshine Coast could definitely be bringing it back for him. Uh, Bridge Lane could well be bringing back for Wardy. And Jared Drizner's won the bunch kick in Stage 4 at Tour of Tropics. So a bunch win could very well be on the cards for Stage 1. On to Stage Saturday Road Race. Um, and it's an early start. And it looks to be a quite a bit of climbing on this one. Um, there will be uh, eight different climbs on the stage. And it looks like some very steep pinches in there as well. Yeah, we rode stage two today. Uh, it's three three loops of a big loop and then uh, three loops of a smaller one right after. So, yeah, the climbs are great. It's basically, um, it's flat and fast. And then when it's not flat and fast, it's up a, a long climb, basically. So that stage is going to be a very promising one. Um, it should be exciting. I don't think any single team will be able to control that stage as it is 140 kilometers with, you know, six long climbs in it. So that um that one's wide open to the to the racing to the NRS races. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd suggest it's probably going to be a, a strong break that decides that day, and probably there's going to be a lot of um a lot of skirmishing that decides on uh, what goes on the composition of that move. So I'll I'll be very interested to see the tactics on that race and who tackles that one well. Yeah, I think the tactics on that race uh, will depend on what happens in stage one as well. So all we know for now is that it's going to be exciting and it's going to be hard. Okay, um, moving on to stage three, and it is a time trial um, up the Tweed River, um, not on the water, but beside it. And it's, from memory, it's a very flat time trial, that one. There's a little kick at the end but it's mostly flat and it's one where you have to, you know, just be going uh, as hard as you can for most of it. Yeah, it's just under 10 kilometres. So um, I'm thinking the winner is going to be doing uh, maybe 11 minutes would be a good time. Low 11 minutes. And yeah, dead flat, aerodynamics is going to be a play. It's going to be about basically just getting your head low, trying to push out big wattage and... Yeah, I think the winner will come from a, maybe someone with a track background. Jad Drizners could be a good option for that for that stage. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. And the final stage is the Criterium. It looks to be a different course this year. Um, in the past, they've had some dodgy Criteriums. Uh, last year, they had a relatively safe Criterium with some big wide roads. Um I'm not sure what they've got in store for this this stage, but um, it should be it should be interesting because it's the it's the final stage of the tour. Yeah, I had a quick look at the criterium. It's basically two squares next to each other. Um, so in the circuit, we're looking at around about seven corners. Um, so yeah, it's going to be no no uh, U turns in the crit, just right angled corners. So um, uh, and the weather should be dry. So. Should be pretty fast and flowy, but um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good fun. Well, yes, hope, hopefully you enjoy it, and uh, hopefully I enjoy it as well. I'm heading up for this race, so I'll be race side to watch it all go down. 
Um, looking at the start list, um, I'll, I'll just throw a few names out at you uh, there who could be making a, an impact on GC. Um, we have, of course, Riley Field, who you competed against at the Tropics. Um, Ryan Thomas and Oliver Martin um, are names that could do something from Drapak. Uh, Cameron Roberts from GPM Stultz, uh, Jared Drisners, Nathan Elliott, Mark O'Brien from Inform TM Inside Make. I don't know, Matthew Rice, can he climb at all? I, I don't know, he's, he's a young rider, he's got amazing potential, but it should be interesting. And John O'Noble as well from uh, Pro Racing Sunshine Coast. Uh, who stands out from that list of names there? Uh, for me, John O'Noble and Matt Rice are unknown, unknown quantities. I know they're good riders, but I haven't really had a great deal of racing next to them. So they'll definitely want to keep an eye on, but basically I'm not not too sure about those two. Um, who else have we got? Oliver Martin. He, I was in the break with Oliver Martin at the Warney. He was under direction from his team to sit on the break the whole time. But um, So I think he's, he's pretty decent. He should um, definitely be a threat. Ryan Thomas, uh, he always, always seems to have uh, good legs. So definitely be watching him in the sprints, but he can also climb. He's a bit of an all-rounder. So he could definitely have a good tour. And um, yeah, all the guys from Tropics as well. There's only four days in between races, so we can guarantee the the riders that had good legs at Tropics will also have good legs at Tweed. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more riders to keep an eye on at uh, Tweed, that's for sure. Yeah, um, there's no Oliver's team on the start list. Have you seen them around or heard if they're going to be racing? Ah, Sammy, Sam Lazell, he, uh, I think Oliver's are sending a team. They didn't, they didn't have anyone on the Starless of Tropics either, but I think, I think he just enters the team quite late on in the piece. But yeah, you can guarantee Oliver's will be at Tweed as well with, I think, uh, pretty much the same squad, but we won't find out till closer to the race. Yeah. They got a bit unlucky, um, during Trop- Tropics, we talked about, um, Angus Lyons obviously taking two second places, uh, but Brendan David's also punctured out of that first stage break, I think, and without it, they'd have had a guy up there at least. Yeah, that was really unfortunate for them. Brendan David's uh, one of their strongest riders in the winning break and then punctured. So, and then uh, that wasn't the end of it. I can't quite remember what happened after that, but I think there was also some other problem with the gears or with the wheel not sitting correctly. But, yeah, Brendan Davids uh, ran right out of luck in that tour. But you can guarantee he'll be back in stomping form at Tweed. Well, it is his his race after winning uh, after winning it in 2017. Um, that, were you there for that stage? Ah, that stage. No, I wasn't actually, but I was on Twitter. <laughs> and I, that was actually the very first time I heard of the name Brendan Davids. I reckon I knew um I knew every rider in that peloton just about had no clue who this Brendan Davis guy was though, and I just couldn't believe what was unfolding in front of me on my phone. Brendan Davis goes solo. He's got a minute. He's got two minutes. He's got five minutes. He's attacked with over hundred k's to go. He wins by five minutes and then wins the tour. And I was like, wow, Sam Lazell has done a good job signing this guy, that's for sure. Yeah, it was one of the hottest days in memory uh, on a bike as well, apart from some of those tour down under stages where it gets up to like mid, you know, low 40s. Um, but it was hot, humid, the entire peloton was blowing up and, you know, demanding water from their team cars. And meanwhile, this guy from South Africa um, is just powering ahead in front of the race. That was, that was quite incredible. 
Um, anyway, let's uh, move on to the women's race now, and we'll go briefly over that. It's a smaller peloton for the women, um, but there are fair fair amount of quality riders here. We got um, Sam De Ritter and Alex uh, Martin Wallace, who have been over in Belgium doing the Camille scene over there and been doing very well from the looks of things. Um, Alex Martin Wallace took a win in one of those races. Um, though Team Rock Salt Attacker look to be the quality team within this race. They've got a, a lot of young talent, obviously reigning Australian champion Sarah Gigante, um, but they've got a bunch of riders who've been dominating over in the US, and hopefully I should uh, be able to catch up with them and team manager Kelvin uh, as well to see if uh, he can have a chat with us for the podcast. Um, Specialised women's racing, bring a strong team with Ellis gallen Bloor. Jamie Gunning, Taryn Heather, Kate Perry, Matilda Reynolds. Their, ch- their team has not changed much in the past few years, but they've been solid the entire time. Make sure that you catch all of the action from the Tour de Tweed. Um, you can follow along with Team Nero Bianchi on their Twitter and Facebook, and most importantly, their videos, of course, on YouTube. Uh, Sam, what do you think you bring to the YouTube scene um, when it comes to making videos? Oh, just a little bit of lightheartedness. Um, maybe a bit of humor and hopefully a few more views, a few, a few more views for Chris Miller and their YouTube channel. Okay. Um, wrapping up now and thanks to Sam Hill for joining us. Thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. You can follow all the action from the Tour de Tweed on Twitter. If you follow at Breakdown Pod or the hashtag Tour de Tweed. And, yeah, just make sure you catch up with us either on online or on the roadside. Okay, we'll see you later. Bye.